No game should ever kick off at the end. Yeah. That was absolutely ridiculous. You definitely get the high school vibe when you're in it. Uh, I've never seen someone literally change their mind in, in the course of a play. I did not return after halftime. The game got a little out of hand. Welcome back, Tribe from the North Brave and Bold, to the official unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, we have DJ. Hey there. Uh, you can find Tubbs at the Club on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and of course, Tubbs at the Club.com. Reminder, all opinions on the podcast are owned by the individual podcaster and not Tubbs at the Club.com as a whole. We are not recording in our normal location this week, so you can pick up some background noise. We, we are at my house, and uh, life occurs at my house, mm-hmm. so there might be pots and pans tinging or people talking, but uh, we'll, we'll get through this and still hopefully provide a, a quality podcast for you guys. Um, so starting it off with reading the Argonaut TJ, the men's golf team, finished up the Warrior Princeville Mackay Invitational in Princeville, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah I know, lucky them. But uh, they're officially on break until February, so that will be your last men's golf update until February. In football news, they released the 2019 schedule. We'll cover that later in the show during Shuffleboard. Men's basketball has their first exhibition game of the season against Lewis Clark State College. Uh, Friday, November 3rd, in the Mem Gym. The actual season starts Tuesday, November 6th at UC Irvine. So it's amazing to think it's already basketball season, but the way football is going, people might be ready for some basketball. Yeah, we're pretty quick. That's yeah, for sure. right? The women's basketball team actually already got started. They won their first exhibition match of the season, October 28th, 108-84 to 84 against oh, St. Martins. Putting up some points. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. looking like they uh, are going to be as dangerous as the media and coaches predicted them in the big sky this year. Uh, they also have a November 2nd exhibition game against LCSC, so make sure you check them out. Their season starts November 6th, 6 p.m. in the Mem Gym against Cal State Northridge. So check them out. We will actually have friend of the pod, now part of the pod, Brian Marceau and Martin with me later to cover basketball in this podcast. So it's officially basketball season, so basketball will be getting thrown into shuffleboard, but we'll have that coming up later. But that's just your tidbits here on the Reading the Argonaut section. But we might have saved the best for last, TJ. We got soccer. This week is the start of the Big Sky Tournament. The girls uh, actually locked up the two seed, so they get a first round bye. They'll play Friday, November 2nd versus the winner of the number three Northern Colorado Bears and the number six Eastern Washington Eagles. That will be 11, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Mountain time on Pluto TV, 11 sports, and watch Big Sky. If you're interested in catching that game, if they win, they'll be playing Sunday in the championship in Ogden, Utah, November 4th, same time, 11 11 PST, 12 PST, or MST on Pluto TV, 11 sports, and watchbigsky.com. If they win the Big Sky tournament, they will be playing in the NCAA tournament for a chance at the national championship. Yeah, that's big. They have a bunch of seniors on their team. They're looking really good and at a good spot for the number two seed, so they're in in good shape right now. Yeah, they're, they're looking really good, and they are actually ranked, I think, like a 89th in the Hero Sports for all 400-and-something Division One teams or something ridiculous like that. So they're looking really good, but not quite as good as the women's volleyball team. Last week, they had a big 3-1 win versus Weaver State and a big 3-0 win against Idaho State. That puts them all alone in first place for the Big Sky. Uh, the season's wrapping up quickly, so hopefully they can hold on that spot. And they have two very winnable games Thursday, so today, November 1st, at Portland State, and Saturday, November 3rd, at Sac State. So hopefully two more wins coming up. We hold on to that spot, and we get a number one seed and uh, maybe a chance to also have two teams playing in NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's well. awesome. That's good for both of them. Yeah. Before we get into all the fun stuff, we want to start this podcast with a brand-new segment that we'll be carrying on. The pod as the football season closes, uh, Brian, Marceau, myself, and Martin Heimstra will be covering basketball, so TJ and I will be right back after we finish our small little basketball preview. So at this moment, you're probably realizing that some parts of the podcast are recorded ahead of time. This would be one of those times. We had the basketball podcast. Uh, it was so great that it went 50 minutes and just seemed a little too long and too great to try to throw into this podcast here so if you want to hear martin brian and i talk women's and men's vandals basketball make sure you tune in to the podcast that will post tomorrow on the same feed that you get this one on stitcher spotify 
Google Podcasts and all the good things we say at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, it was a good podcast. We will have basketball content coming consistently throughout the rest of the podcast until the football season ends. But make sure you tune in tomorrow on Friday for a full basketball men and women's preview with Brian and myself. And now you're going to realize that TJ and I are going to sound really corny in about two seconds. All right, welcome back. Well, TJ, I'm sorry you couldn't be a part of that, but uh, are you, but you're pretty excited for the basketball season coming up? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for both teams. I mean, obviously the hype behind the women's team is a lot this year, and it's a fresh new squad for the men's, so it'll be cool to watch. Um, it, it seems like uh, a lot of the games will be covered uh, on TV as well, so I'll get to watch them from home, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for basketball to start. I'll still be back for football, that's for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll probably have you on for basketball during mm-hmm. the season, maybe. Splash sisters, think they got a shot? Uh, yeah, they they are looking really good. Um, they've they've started since you know they're freshmen, so they've got a lot of experience and know exactly what the biggest guys made of. So I, I'm excited to see them more more or less in conference play and just dominate the season. All right, well, time to move on to more our expertise here. We're gonna cover football, but before we do that, we have good news: the 2019 schedule has been made official. Uh, so I'm just going to kind of run through that. Obviously, we'll do more in our preseason show and everything like that, but mm-hmm. I kind of want just uh, quick opinions when we're done on maybe some games you're jump off the page to you and maybe a quick one or two on what, what you think of it. So we start the year at Penn State, at Wyoming, at Northern Colorado. Then we're home against Weber State. Uh, we are at Portland State. We have homecoming against Idaho State. We are then home against Cal Poly. At Montana, home against Sac State for senior night, and then at Northern Arizona. There also is a Central Washington game in there, so it's not three straight away games. But okay. Central Washington will be week two, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, any opinions, any games that you're already putting in red? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the big games to uh, start the season, which kind of take you by surprise when we're you hear that we're playing at Penn State and then you know a couple weeks later playing at Wyoming. Uh, but I think our home schedule is looking – really good for next year. Um, we have a chance to uh, see Weber State for the first time and get to play them at home. Um, obviously, homecoming will be another big game for us. Hopefully, we can keep that record of, of winning at home on homecoming against Idaho State would be kind of a good um, comeback from what we showed this year. And then, yeah, to uh, f- you know finish out the season with Montana, um, at, at Montana, then Sac State, then at Northern Arizona, who's another team we won't – based on next year is uh, that it's looking like a good lineup for us for next season. Um, obviously, you know, we had higher hopes when we looked at the schedule this year, but if it's something we can, you know, you know, kind of section off into focusing on certain, certain games, I think we'll have a good season for next year. Yeah. So I agree with you. Penn state what's cool. And some people might not know this is uh, until 2021, we actually get paid for all these money games as if we were still an FBS program. So that that's big for us because you know every FCS school that would have to go pay Penn State would only be making like five hundred six hundred thousand. We're making like one point three million or something like that on that game. Uh, so that will help us, especially after this year. We're going to need the money to really help push us to where we want to be in the FCS. Uh, I think at Wyoming will be a fun one. Yeah. Um. You know the rest of the schedule. I think this schedule looks a lot more winnable than our our schedule did this year, which will be nice for us. Uh, my one big complaint: no Easter. Mm. I don't know how that quite works. Uh, Martin actually found me a spokesman review article explaining somehow we take a hiatus in 2019. This year was kind of a fluke. The protected rivalry doesn't actually start until 2020. Okay. So we're not even sure necessarily if in 2020 we have to go back to Cheney or if they come to the dome. Right. But I thought that was kind of weird. I kind of wish the big sky would just, I, it was because of us coming in in North Dakota leaving, but yeah. I wish the big sky might have found a way to put us on their schedule, even if it was going to Cheney again. I just I find it weird that we're trying to build this rivalry and then we take a one-year hiatus to let tempers and everything cool off again. And yeah. I don't know. I, if it was me, I would have tried to schedule that. It does way. seem you know a little tough to schedule because there's so many teams in the big sky and you know you try and get these home and aways going. Um, you know the ones that we're starting out with next year is the Northern Colorado, the Cal Poly, and the uh, Northern Arizona. So I mean you know eventually we'll play them in you know. The following year. Yeah, we almost have a completely new schedule next mm-hmm. year. Uh, we, Like you mentioned, we didn't play Northern Colorado. We didn't play Weber State. Uh, we didn't play Cal Poly. We didn't play Sac State. And we didn't play Northern Arizona. The only teams that we have uh, as will replay will be Revenge Game against yes. Idaho State, hopefully on yes. homecoming. That's big. And then at 
Portland State, which will be maybe a shot for them to get a little redemption. Which, by the way, they've they've gotten hot. They're three and two in conference mm-hmm. out of nowhere, making our win look a little bit yeah, better. Yeah, looks better. Uh, and then, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right. And then um, you know we'll, we'll have another shot at Montana. Obviously, we don't know how that one turns out yet. It's, it's Little Brown Stein week next week. Yeah. Uh, but then my my little bit of complaint too is I don't think the Idaho State game should be homecoming because I feel like that game would have already sold. Where the Cal Poly game might be a little bit more difficult to sell. I would have made Cal Poly homecoming, but, uh, you know, we, we have a little segment going, coming for you guys later. We've delayed the inevitable. Yeah, we tried. 38 <laughs> 14 loss to Eastern Washington. Um, I did not return after halftime. The game got a little out of hand. I was in the parking lot and keeping an eye on the scoreboard. Um, so I do know I, how our two touchdowns were scored, and I watched the highlights. But, um, yeah, it was, not, it was not pretty. Yeah, you really didn't need to watch the game to kind of understand what really happened in the end. Um, even just looking, um, you know, seeing the highlights and, and watching from the stats, it was just they we got dominated. And it was kind of from the get-go where we didn't show up ready to play these guys. And, you know, they were excited, fired up. We continued to let big plays happen. We couldn't really drive the ball down the field, and uh, it, it showed. It showed fast, and like you said, I think they kind of let up the gas in the uh, second half. So, yeah, no, oh, they definitely let off the gas in the second half. But you know, I like I said last week when we had Kyler on, I thought if we uh, Gage Cooper was out, we had a really good shot, uh, and he was out. Mm-hmm. Eric Barriere came in, and uh, you know, he showed that he's going to be a weapon that. Upcoming seasons for against the big sky. So that's one more thing we have to worry about. And, uh, you know, after the game, actually, the news became official that Gage Cooper will miss the rest of the season and that will be the end of his career. So that's kind of sad because, you know, I would have liked to have one game against maybe one of the all time great big sky quarterbacks. But, you know, uh, we, we dodged a bullet there. We had announced attendance of 10,023 which is 1,400 over Eastern Washington's capacity, wow. which is which is pretty cool. And, yeah. You know, it's actually it's a better stadium than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's very small. Kyler, if you're listening, you might want to just skip yeah. ahead mm-hmm. maybe like five, ten minutes. But uh, it was very small. You definitely get the high school vibe when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the red field, though, not nearly as bad on the eyes as it is on TV. Yeah, it, it, it's say. a lot more manageable when <laughs> when you're looking at it on the, on the TV. Yeah, yeah. And then um, – yeah, other than that, uh, it has two beer gardens. Okay. But one's a VIP section only. It's in the, what would that be, the southeast corner of an end zone, um, which we obviously didn't get to partake in. And then they have a cash only, which was the killer for us, uh, at the top of the stadium during halftime to the third quarter. So you're allowed to get two beers at halftime. There you go. Which is a great idea. I think Idaho should do. Allow people to buy two beers at halftime. That prevents them from leaving the stadium. Yeah, I mean, we continue to find these things that happen in other stadiums that we yeah. need to implement. Yeah. To, and, to, and, they also, and they also had cowbells. Uh-huh. So the cowbell thing is a big sky thing, and we need to just start doing mm-hmm. that. Because I know the Sun Belt and the WAC did not allow us to use them. Because yeah. I know that was an issue. But uh, Pete Isaacson has confirmed with us via Twitter, and uh, obviously every other school is doing it. Cowbells are allowed, so that's another way to make the dome noisy. I mean, we've always had those thunder sticks, but... I mean, more cowbells never bad. Too. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I think it's kind of overall for how our season has, has looked is that we need to kind of, we're not really stepping up into the big sky. I mean, it's no. funny, it's funny looking at the preview of, you know, next season and we're kind of taking it with a grain of salt because, you know, if you go back a couple episodes ago, we were looking at these games and, oh, we can, you can, you know, pull this game out or we can, you know, we can skip you know, scoot by this team and hopefully yeah. get past them. But we have not stepped up to – this kind of exciting conference that's that's locally to Moscow and um, both as as players and fans almost it seems like we've been lacking uh, this season a lot yeah definitely and we've had a very tough big sky schedule too mm-hmm. this year True. Uh, we haven't played I don't think a single team with a losing conference record as of now other than oh Southern Utah Southern yeah. Utah but Portland State like I said has rattled off three in a row after uh, we beat them we were actually their last loss. Um, yeah. so there's, there's that. And then they went on on the road too. Winning. Yeah. And they went on to keep winning and, uh, so they, they started to look really good. Um, and then like I said, Idaho state, big surprise team, UC Davis is actually up to FCS fans nations, number three team in the country. Mm-hmm. The coaches polls have them at six. And I think stats has them at five or six. So, I mean, they're a top five team. 
Um, Idaho State would be ranked higher, but they had to run the gamut of them and an FBS school and everything right there in the middle. Yeah. Um, we've got North Dakota coming up, who's ranked, so we've got that monster ahead of us as well. And um, we, We've just had a very tough welcome back to the big sky. Yeah. Obviously, we thought we were going to be a little bit better. Uh, looking at the schedule, we knew they were going to be tough games, but just not as tough as they turned out being. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike you, actually, back to the, the game – I actually thought we started out really good. I felt really good about it with uh, what they – I think they had a punt after five plays, five or six plays on their first possession. Defense looked good. Uh, then, you know, our offense was moving the ball down really, really well there. Um, Jeff Cotton had that unfortunate fumble. and I mean, then it all just kind of unraveled from there. I think uh, they marched down the field and scored rather quickly. Then we came out for maybe my best favorite moment of the game. Uh, I've never seen someone literally change their mind in, in the course of a play. On Cade Coffey's first punt, it was probably, I think it was like a 65-yarder in the air. And it, it looked a little wobbly, but it was coming towards where I was sitting. And the guy behind me, who was kind of obnoxious and loud all game, stands up and starts kind of hooting and hollering. And he goes like, oh, that's a, such a crappy pull. Oh, my God. As it bounces up the two and kicks out of bounds at the three. And so that, that was my one proud moment maybe of, of the entire game was listening to an Eastern fan realize Kate Coffey's great punting ability yeah. live. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, not, not very good. We went 0 for 2 on fourth down conversions. Uh, we converted 35% of our third downs. We did really well, no penalties um, on, on the offensive side of the ball at least. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah Saunders got smothered up. I think Colton Richardson got dinged up. Mason Petrino, you know, once again, stats are a little misleading as he kind of padded them late. But, I mean, as he usually does, he did not commit turnovers. Uh, he went 20 for 28. So typical Mason, uh, no, nothing too long. But he doesn't throw interceptions, which is why Paul's been leaning on him a lot late in the year. Is, uh, Mason or Colton had a fumble. And, once again, if, if it's two games in a row now that he's had a fumble. And I see why – Coach will then stick with someone who's not turning it over. But that being said, I do think Colton's still getting a little bit of the short stick because he's just not being allowed to get in rhythm. But at this point in the season, I think we just ride out Mason and the fact that we just need the consistency. At court. The, the two quarterback system's not working anymore. Yeah. And we just need to pick a guy. Obviously, Coach thinks Mason's the guy. And you just see it every time he takes him out. That's when our offense started stalling, was when we started doing the – Switch in and out and switch in and out. And then by the time, you know, Eastern was already up 24-0 on us. And then it was just past the ball and they knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I know Mason can't really open up the deep threat quite like Colton can, but Colton wasn't playing necessarily well enough to be put on the field at the time. And so it was just, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Yeah, it's been, it's been this year, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah, definitely has. Um, the wide receivers had another good game. Jeff Cotton over 100 yards, eight catches. Uh, my boy, Cottrell Haywood, caught another touchdown. Um, he, he's having a great game. But, man, this one was kind of tough because I don't know if you watched this episode of the return or this week's episode of the return, but the team seemed fired up in that. And Paul was, seemed like they were ready, and it almost seemed like maybe part of the reason the season went the way it was was the fact that they maybe have been looking ahead too much like this in Montana. And maybe you could see it with the Montana State game. Maybe they prepped for two or three teams, thinking the rest of it would be kind of walkovers. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's true, but, you know, evidence states that there's a possibility there yeah, in the it, fact of how we have played against some of the quote-unquote teams that nobody was expecting to be good. But we – I mean, even for this, it was a 24-point game. It was more competitive than I think probably some Eastern fans thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, let, maybe that be them letting off the gas there in the second half, obviously, is a, is a different thing. But uh, like I said, I did not catch the second half, so um, I can't comment too much on it other than congratulations on two two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any closing points you want to kind of talk about on, on the Eastern game? No, I think that's completely true. It's kind of just the outlook of the season. And, and you know, I think it, it kind of does show that we've been looking too far ahead in our season. And we kind of did as well on this podcast is we were, you know, looking ahead to these, you know, we'll cruise through Idaho State, we'll cruise through 
you know, all these, these, I did call the UC Davis upset. You didn't. I mean, you but that was back when it sounded like it was actually going to be an upset. Yeah. And they were going to run away with the entire conference and possibly yeah. the nation. And we shouldn't, and we should, it, it's something that, you know, it's, it's all, hopefully we learn from our mistakes next year and take each game, each big sky game at a time, you know, come out with a win each week and move on to the next one, but not, you know, circle these Eastern and these Montana games because any game, you know, it could be an upset or um, be a loss for us. The good news is Montana's looking more winnable. But we'll, we'll, I kind of – I peeked ahead at the hashtag at the this week. So I know that will be something that kind of comes up here, so we'll mm-hmm. say that. But looking ahead, mm-hmm. we have North Dakota. They're actually number 26 in the stats FCS poll, not quite ranked. Um, that's probably due to their 30-35 to 35 loss to number 6 Weber State. Um, I don't know how you fall, like – Nine spots when you lose to number yeah, six, but yeah. you do. Um, but yeah, so you know they they've had an interesting year. They've been very up and down. Um, this team's weird. They're leaving the Big Sky for the Missouri Valley Conference, but they're listed as an independent this season. Every game a Big Sky team plays against them counts as a conference game. However, every single game. Um, they play does not count for the conference. So they can't win the conference or get the automatic bid to the playoffs out of the conference. They can get an at-large bid, which they're looking like they have a, a small shot at possibly being able to get. Um, but that game will be in the Kibbe Dome, 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. That's one more thing to bounce back to Eastern. No game should ever kick off at noon. That was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was absolutely. By the time you got there and ate breakfast, you had about thirty minutes to get into the stadium. That was. It was just no fun. I felt like I did not get the Cheney experience. Yeah. Um, not that there is a big Cheney experience. Did you hear about the shooting that happened? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, there's a shooting on Friday night at the Zips and Cheney. Oh no. Yeah. No one died. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we wake up in the morning too. Are we sure we want to go to this game? Yeah. I but, guess yeah. So. Well, and, and that could be the, like, you know, a lot of people are frustrated about that could be the root sports spot that they have to show those big sky games is, you know, have them on at noon, um, Pacific time. Yeah, but there's nothing root sports has going on other than the big sky this time of year. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, I get it. Like, you know, beginning of the year when you've got the Mariners are still playing, I guess you have Timbers, but the Timbers weren't playing until Sunday during Decision Day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't look at the programming, what was on at 1 or 2. I think the Big Sky picks it. But, yeah, 12 o'clock on the West Coast could just never be a kickoff time. Yeah. <laughs> you should have to kick off it after it's 1 prime at time. Come on. It's yeah. lunchtime. Get those JMU fans, those Jacksonville fans yeah. watching us. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Genie was a blast, except for avoid the zips at 5 a.m. apparently. And uh, Billy Wild. Bill's Long Bar is a Vandal bar. So if you're ever back in town and we play them again, there's a lot of Vandals there, and I guess the owner has Vandal ties. So I'll have that shout-out. But back to North Dakota. Mm-hmm. They're 5-3. and three. The game is at the Kibbe Dome, 2 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. You can find it on Pluto TV and WatchBigSky.com. Uh, your official watch parties this week in Portland, Oregon. You can go to the Life of Riley, also another one. i got to get down there. Yeah, definitely. they have the fight song actually written above the windows. It's pretty cool. Um, the owner's a duck, though. His mm-hmm. sister was a vandal. Uh, then they lost last week, 35-30, as we covered to, I apologize, number four, Weber State. So the number one, they're ranked above UC Davis. That's a crying shame. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we are 2-0 and all time against um, North Dakota. In 2011, we beat them 44-14 to back when they were the North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Sorry, that was in 2010. We beat them 45-0 when they were the Fighting Sioux. Then we beat them as the North Dakota Fighting Hawks, 44-14 in 2011. That's our only two meetings, so we've blown them out. Uh, so let's hope we get that the continues. Yeah. That was achy teams, too. That wasn't even Petrino. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so moving on to kind of where they're at in the year. Um, I forgot to mention my club card player of the game last week, but I was going to give it to Jake Luton, but we'll cover that later too. <laughs> we can do it now. Mine's David Unger. You yeah. gave it to David Unger? Yeah, I mean, he's, always, he's just very consistent. He's always there. He's the right. He's the go-to guy. I was giving it to Luton. He won Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. There we go. He got transferred out of Idaho. So if man. you're listening, Jake or David. Yeah, Jake, if you still follow. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they, they – Lost to number one nine Washington this week, or at the beginning of the season, that was kind of their biggest blowout loss. Otherwise, everything they've had has been 
decently close in what you consider competitive games, 35-7 against the Fighting Jerry Rices of Mississippi Valley State. They beat Sam Houston State, who's a perennial playoff team, 24-23. Lost Idaho State at home, 21-25. Beat North Northern Colorado, who's also getting hot, 38-13. Smoked Montana, 41-14. Also smoked Sac State, 41-15. And then lost, obviously, like we said last week, number four, Weaver State, 30-35 before they roll in to the ASUI Kibbe Dome this weekend for their next loss. I like that. And, I mean, it's interesting. Their schedule of what it is this year kind of looks similar to what we have going on next year for the uh, Big Sky teams we played. And we have been independent before. So I feel like yeah. I, I understand. Uh, yeah, but like they're independent. They, <laughs> they actually yeah. have, like, clubs and stuff. We got stuck playing, like, Arkansas and Virginia. And, yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I, I think this is one of the, you know, kind of watching the games that have happened. I think this is going to be a really even matchup. Um, you know, they're – they're not a bad team, um, but they will show up to play and, and be ready to go in the Kibbe Dome. Um, we need to obviously be on point and be as accurate as possible, both on offense, but you know, good on defense as well. And uh, I'm just, I'm. It's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a close game in the end. So I think it's going to be close too, but I think it's close for the kind of different reasons you brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, similar. Just I'm putting, I guess, stats to what you're you saying. So they have the 88th ranked pass offense, so not not super great. Yeah. Um. So that that's nice for us. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our secondary, can't true cover mm-hmm. anything think, right yeah. now. Um. And then in passing terms, and for our defense, they have the worst 104th worst pass off or pass defense. So Mason Petrino might actually be able to. Do his little dink and dunk shredding ability, yeah. and let these wide receivers. This is the game where I think Mason Petrino actually fits in well. Yeah, and the fact that it's more about getting completions in this game, and then yards after the catch, because they just can't cover the pass, and we're not going to need the deep ball in this one to break open something big. Everything should be open the whole game in theory. Uh, the only problem I see is they also have the ninth best rushing attack in the FCS, and I don't know if a lot of that's due to their quarterback play or not. Because Eric Berry destroyed us on the ground. We know yeah. Troy Anderson destroyed us on the ground. So our ability to stop mobile quarterbacks has been really evident this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's not exactly very promising. But I, I do think our defense just had a couple rough games of being on the field after a like lot. seven. I think we had seven straight punts against Eastern. So, I mean, that's when the defense started to fall apart. They were like three and outs. Guys had no time to rest on uh, the red turf there. Probably got pretty hot and tired. Uh, but North Dakota is going to be a different kind of dogfight. And they have usually played spoiler to teams. They won the conference only like two or three years ago. You know, they're trying to beef up because they're moving to the Missouri Valley, which is arguably the top conference. So they're going to have to play North Dakota and South Dakota State every year. Or right. Sorry, North Dakota State and South Dakota State every year. So, you know, they're really in a weird transition phase. You're trying to switch out of the high-powered Big Sky offenses sling it all around the yard to more of the Missouri Valley, you know, mold of the Big Ten where it's, you know, three hands in the dirt, blow the guys off the line, run the ball kind of offenses. So we'll see how that stacks up against us. I think our defense is better set to stop that with our yeah. senior leadership on the on the front seven compared to our weak back four. But you know, that being said, it, it's a little bit. It's gonna be difficult, and it's like you said, it, it is. It's a good matchup for Mason, especially. Um, it's it's if we can give him different looks with the read option and kind of using that play action, I think it's gonna open up a lot of opportunities. Um, I kind of take back my hot take from last week and don't think there's gonna be too much over <laughs> those big plays. But um, if as long as we're accurate and moving down the field, that'll help. And then getting it in the end zone is obviously important as well. Yeah, the the good news is. We are undefeated in the Kibbe Dome this year. Yeah. We are 3-0, and you know, one could say we've been 3-0 and pretty convincingly. And that's a reason to go to the game. Man. It is, if, especially if you're in the area. We haven't lost at home yet this year. So at least you're setting yourself up for a win, and you being there might be the reason that leads to a win. So, you know, if there was a time to go, it would be, it would be now. And so to be fair, with all the Mason talk, though, we're on the last three games – I would like to see some Nikhil Nair. He actually had his helmet on on the sideline. I actually thought he was going to go in. And, um, God, I don't remember who it was I met up with 
this week, but uh, they're actually asking about him. They're asking, is number six the the freshman that keeps getting talked about? I was like, yes. And they're like, he looks like the FCS kind of quarterback. He's not necessarily your big 6'6", can sling around the yard or Johnny Manziel type, but he's, you know, much like the Case Cookies or Gage Gubrud or um, Nip, any of, the, any of these guys, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds, decent enough mobility, arm down the field, accuracy just enough to get it to some of these more athletic wide receivers. So I'd like to see him. I'm not saying start him. I'm not saying do a two-quarterback system with him. But you officially – we have not utilized this redshirt rule at all with a team that obviously the vets aren't getting it done. Don't you want to reward some of these younger guys at this point? So they're the guys that are going to be going forward for you. And I just – I don't see any downside. There's no way he can't be ready by this point. I think I saw he graduated with a 3.8 from Mercer Island. So, I mean – the guy's got to be smart enough to be able to learn a playbook. Yeah, and, and that'll only help his confidence. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest thing right now is that we need guys who are going to come in with confidence yeah. and be ready to play these big sky teams. Because the play, playoffs are gone, right? Yeah. We're, like, we had hope last week. Yeah. If, if we could win out, including a win against Florida, which was very slim, you at least had a playoff shot. The playoffs are totally out of the question. We could go on a really hot streak right now, win all three. We still won't make the playoffs. So at this point, I say, you know what, play Mason. And if we're up, by two or three scores in the fourth quarter, put in the kill. Mm-hmm. If we're losing by two to three scores in the fourth quarter, put in the kill. I think it's time to at least give some of the young guys some reps. And then, you know what, have him, Colton, Mason, fight it out in the spring and yeah. fight it out in the fall and find your actual true starter next year instead of this two-quarterback system. Mm-hmm. I think we got three guys that can play. Just – stick with one and find the best one, obviously. And yeah. And, and that, you know, finding that number one quarterback, will I think help all of them in, you know, backing each other up, knowing kind of their role. Um, it, it will take a little bit of a step back for maybe some quarterback, but um, I think if they all bond together and, you know, I think somebody needs to take Nick Hill under their wing and, you know, say that this, you're going to be a great vandal. Just, you know, get ready to play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, with that, TJ, your keys to the game against North Dakota this weekend. Yeah, I um, I agree with our defense needs to kind of step up. I, I obviously they let up a couple big plays last against Eastern. Um, our run defense is good, and this seems like a power, you know, kind of strong running team. And I think if our defense steps up in a big way, uh, we'll come up with a win. Corner stool takes. Oh, sorry, my key to the game. <laughs> I'm just excited for the corner stool take. Mm-hmm. Uh, my keys to the game is at this point just build momentum, stay healthy. Uh, I think it's yes, this win against North Dakota would be nice, but honestly, the only thing anybody wants out of this season is a win against Montana. Yeah. So don't put too much on film if you don't have to. If things get out of hand early, and like I said, maybe play some of these guys, get rested, and let's have Montana come in two weeks and let's. Toss them around because they're on a real slide right now, and this game became a lot more competitive than it was looking at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I don't want to overlook North Dakota, obviously, but like I said, playoffs are out of the question. We're not in the FBS where you can still fight for a bowl game at three and four or three and five. Uh, you know, it's 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 over. It's time to focus on the big rivalry game. It's mm-hmm. time to be like the Montana State Bobcats, and when you're having a down year, just beat the freaking Grizz. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, now it's time for your corner stool take. My corner stool take. Go ahead. I think Colton Richardson actually throws for the most yards he's thrown for the season. I think he actually gets some playing time. He's really upset about how the last two weeks went. Mm-hmm. I don't think Petrino's going to quit this two quarterback system, even though we're, we're suggesting it. Uh, I think um, I don't know if I'll throw Mason, but I think Colton Richardson gets. Maybe the most playing time he's seen since maybe Western New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I think he sets his season record in throwing yards. Yeah, and that's another you know good example of getting somebody's confidence up is if he gets you know gets his chance in this game and he fires off. We have two more years of him. We want yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and you know that confidence going in that he knows he can win that starting spot next year would be huge. Yeah, so he stays on the roster and doesn't transfer my, out like Jake Luton does. My uh, corner show take get him some play. is a little bit different on the offensive side. I think we're going to break a big uh, 40-yard touchdown run. I'm not sure who it's going to be, if it's going to be Ty or Isaiah. 
Or oh Mason. Or uh, yeah, my God. Quick. He, <laughs> what? I think he might have led the team in rushing yards last yeah. year. And he does great with the read option if you know it wasn't such a dead giveaway when he came in the game. Um, but I think it's going to be one of our running backs. I think Isaiah Ty is going to get it. a 40-yard touchdown. Yeah, it'll probably be Ty. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd like to see Isaiah really finish strong. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll root for Isaiah because we get three more years of Ty, but mm-hmm. it'll probably be Ty, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, So, score predictions. You know, our friends at Versus Simulator by ComputerRatings.com has this game, which ranks all teams from FBS down to Division three and NAIA. So you can literally, if you're bored, you can pay it's $50. You can simulate Idaho versus the College of Idaho all you want to make yourself feel better about how this team is. Anyways, they have North Dakota winning by 10, mm. 29-19. The spread on this game is 9.5 on five dimes when I checked this morning. I, I mean, I'm I'm just going to reverse it. I'm going to go 29-19 Vandals. Give out the win. I like that pick because I'm going very similar. Uh-huh. I'm going 28-18. Oh, really? Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I think we're close. We both the, think a 10-point win. The price is right. <laughs> I'm telling you, I definitely would hypothetically put money on this game if I sports bet. Uh, I don't think North Dakota beats us by 10 at home. Okay. Uh, so, if, if you're into that kind of thing or you live in the state of – New Jersey or Nevada, I would put some money on the Vandal spread. I usually <laughs> avoid Vandal spreads like the play. Mm-hmm. Anyways, TJ, it's my favorite time of the week. I don't know if it's yours. Are you sure you want to go? Oh, okay. I got you. Hashtag <laughs> AskTATC. I got you. Okay. What do you think? I was jumping ahead to uh, FCS Fans Nation. Oh, no, no. Oh, I forgot. TJ's broke his phone for those that don't know if you're trying to reach him. Did you see my text I sent you today? I did not. Oh, then. TJ's favorite part will be the NCS Fans Nation pick mm-hmm. Anyways, but we have hashtag STATC to get to before that. And as always, on Twitter, at Tubs at the Club, we asked all you guys, the fans, a question this week. Of the games remaining, how many will the Vandals win? Then we congratulate Nick Mark Stutz. What up for winning two front row tickets and a parking pass nice. to this week's game against North Dakota. So Nick Stutzman will be there. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter at Nick Marv Stutz. Anyways, TJ, I want to know what your answer would be between one, two, three, or zero, and then I'll tell you what what the fans thought. Well, I wish we could take the last game out of the running here. It's, it's a little lopsided playing Florida. Um, I like. I'm gonna go two and one. I think they come out North Dakota and Montana. Um, kind of really find their stride this week in practice and show it on the field against North Dakota and carry that into Montana. And then who knows, down to the swamp, we could be the uh, biggest story of the uh, last week of college football. But I'm going to go 2-1 for this season. Nice. So I voted. I always vote every week. TJ's not a huge social media guy who've covered, so he doesn't actually vote on these. I voted for two as well. Mm-hmm. I think we win these last two games at home. I think we beat North Dakota, as we just said. And I think next week we'll cover why we think we'll beat Montana. And uh, I put two. We had 91 votes this week. And 31%. Thought we'd win one game. 30% thought we'd win two games. 30% also thought we'd win zero games. And 10% thinks we're going to win all three. <laughs> I don't know who those lucky holdouts are or if somebody thought we were asking how many games were left. Yeah, um, in general. I, I don't see us beating Florida. But if we do, we'll find you. That has to be, what, two people? Three people. We'll find you guys, and I don't know. We'll find a way to reward you. And Wax Party Pants said, "What do you say? One, and it's rigged. I don't know how you rig a ninety-one person vote, but uh, we we see you, Wax Party Pants. It's not rigged. Um, You voted just like the rest of us did, and won one. So, so we ain't rigging anything over here at TATC. Uh, Anyways, to the actual hashtag STATCs. We're hearing from Brian again. Feels like just yesterday that we were talking to him. Yeah. That's actually only about 30 minutes ago. Yeah. At Tubbs at the Club, as Vandal fans, how much has this season taken out of you? What are the honest positive – or what are the honest positives fans should take away from this year? Hashtag ask TATC. That's – yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question because I think every Vandal hearing that question, you know, kind of goes back to thinking about, oh, yeah, I, you know, it has really taken out of – you know, take, this season really has taken it out of me. I think this this season's kind of just a big sigh. You know, I'm just like, man, I really thought this was going to be different. Um, you know, we're in this situation for the long haul, being in the Big Sky, being in the FCS, and we obviously have to make some 
you know, change of direction on, on where this program's going. So, yeah, I, I, it's kind of just moving on from the season and looking forward to the next one, but I'm still excited about these last couple of games. And, you know, I, I'm excited to play in the big sky. I just don't – it's it's just kind of a sigh of the season. Yeah, I would agree. It's obviously taken a lot out of me. Um, no. It, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if I didn't have a podcast run, I don't know how much I would have watched. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, obviously I had high hopes. Um I ran into Lawrence and Kyler this weekend from the FCS Fans Nation, uh, and they were nice to remind me that the very first thing they ever remember me saying in the first episode of the podcast was that we should be instantly competing for Big Sky and national titles. Mm -hmm. They really friendly. They are. It was very friendly. Reminded me of that, and I forgot I had said that. Oh, we totally did. And it made me – it kind of flashed me back to the hopes I had July and August compared to where they were after some – rather lopsided games that I really think took the steam completely out of us, starting with Fresno State. I think we saw that as an FBS matchup, and so obviously it didn't probably ruin our season like you would think it would with a 70, you know, when you put a 70 spot get put on you on week one. But I think that paired with the UC Davis and our first real big win in return to the big sky, obviously the loss to Idaho State, and I just think you just saw the team lose lose energy after that. Um, so yeah, it, it took a lot out of us. I think it took a lot out of the players. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it's hundred percent a rough season. This was a, a year we thought would be really good. And it's kind of reality setting in. Um, a lot, what I was thinking about, about this season is, you know, in those, some of those Sunbelt years, we didn't have a lot of expectation to, you know, possibly win games or win eight or get to a bowl. So, you know, those, those seasons were really exciting and fun to be a Vandal, but we didn't always expect it at the start. And then this year we came in saying, oh, you know, we can dominate this schedule. And then, you know, reality kind of sunk in that these teams, you know, they're good and they want to beat us more than we want to actually win. So it was kind of, you know, reality sinking in that this is our conference and they're not going to let us just come in here and, and get wins. They want to beat us mm-hmm. just as bad. And so Brian Marceau has always hit this with a bunch of questions, but I found three that I thought tied together really mm-hmm. well. So his next question at Tubbs of the Club, Idaho had ugly losses, but not bad losses. True or false? True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not one. I'd say the only – yeah, I mean, look, ugly losses. There's no bad losses. Teams that we lost to that we maybe shouldn't have. Maybe Idaho maybe State Montana, looked like that at the Montana time. Montana State. But Montana State's even gone on to have a pretty decent year. Yeah. And, yeah, you could say it's bad because we missed an extra point. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's a dumb team playing in the snow for the first time I guess 2016 at the Potato Bowl, but no, um, but even that that was a year and a half ago at that point, you know. So you know we had ugly losses, like we said, Fresno State, UC Davis, Idaho State, Idaho Eastern. State. I mean, um, that was a big... our only anything you can consider maybe close to bad is is Montana State, but uh, definitely more ugly losses, which is what probably take took us took so much out of us this yeah. season. <laughs> it's not that we were losing by like one possession or like you know we just couldn't drive down late and had to you know lose on a gimmicky onside kick attempt. It was yeah. we were just blown out in games that were over at halftime. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say definitely true on ugly mm-hmm. losses, not bad losses. And then at Tubbs of the Club, does next year's schedule look like a more playoff friendly one than this year's did? Sag asked TATC. And going looking back forward to next year. Going back, looking back on the pod earlier. Yeah, going back to yeah, talking looking at the pod a couple of episodes ago is you know, you kind of take the schedule now with a grain of salt. You're like, oh man, I mean, we're going. You know, we have Weber State. Is they're they're ranked. They're a good team. And uh, kind of looking at the schedule, I think we'll look at it definitely. You know, 100 percent different. Um, but I think we have a great setup for for how the season's looking next year. Yeah, like I said, we we covered the schedule. Um, Penn State, Wyoming. Yes, I would love for us to finally sneak up and buy the team. I don't think it's going to be those two. So there, there's a good shot. We start the year with a losing record. But you know, then you look at, at Northern Colorado, who's consistently, usually considered a bottom feeder. Mm-hmm. But then again, so is UC Davis and Idaho State. Um, but you know, we've got them. It's the first game of the year. They they probably won't be getting rolling like they usually do. So hopefully that's the win. Then we have Weber State at home. Weber State's difficult, obviously, but they're gonna have some turnover. We get them at home. Portland State, we beat. I they're usually pretty bad. They look like they're hot, but you know, usually they're considered one of the worst teams. Idaho State will be losing Mitch Geller or Tanner Geller, whichever mm-hmm. one's the quarterback. So they should take a little bit step back next year. Um, so, I mean, so that's winnable. 
Uh, Cal Poly is winnable if he can stop the run, and we should be all right on defense. We'll stop athletic defenses. At Montana will be difficult. Sac State looks like they're not very good, and we have them at home. And then at Northern Arizona, who knows? Because, you know, they've had a really rough year, but they're usually considered really well. But, you know, I'm looking at this one, and I can only – and then Central Washington. But they're actually a really good D2 team, but we should beat them. I only see Weber State – Montana and possibly Northern Arizona as our FCS losses, and then Penn Wyoming. So, you know, there's a good shot we win, you know, eight games. Well, we, like we just said on this pod, we're going to start taking it one game at a time. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a whole season review show and a, a, a season preview show. So we'll have more than enough time to actually look at, um, obviously, everybody's schedule. But, uh, yeah, so I, I say it's definitely a more playoff-friendly looking schedule right now. Mm-hmm. But like we said, there's a long off-season to go. Recruits aren't even putting pen to paper yet on commitment, so everything could change. Uh, so this one's actually kind of a carryover from last weekend, but since we recorded it on Monday, it didn't get in on time. But at Wax Party Pants, good episode. Have you guys talked what a dumpster fire Portland Saints facility situation is? Is the Big Sky doing anything about the football field situation? Also, have there been any updates or rumors on the commissioner situation? Hashtag AskTATC. Um, I, I'll, I'll take this one unless, TJ, you have anything on it. But uh, So Portland State, for those of you that aren't aware um, and only follow the Vandals, plays used to play all their games in Providence Park, mm-hmm. uh, which is where the Portland Timbers and the Portland Thorns play, which are MLS and women's WLS. American. Yeah, the women's soccer, professional soccer league. And so, obviously, with three tenants, it's sometimes hard to schedule. And in recent years, with the Thorns and Timbers' success and ticket demand, the Portland State Vikings, who are usually a cellar dweller, have been kind of pushed aside, and they play at a sporting complex out in Hillsboro. Um, with that, the Big Skies had a lot of turnover at commissioner. And there are some rumblings on the commissioner position that I've heard. But, I mean, I have just as much in the year as you do. It's all just stuff I see on Twitter or hear from reporters in the newspaper, so I don't have any insider information on that. But the big sky can't really do anything on their facility situation without anybody at top. It's like why how people want Paul Petrino fired, but we don't have a president to hire an AD to fire Petrino and hire a new coach, so he's safe, and we can't afford the buyout at that. So, it's, yes, it's it's an unfortunate situation, but, you know, if they finish the season like it looking looking like they might, they might be able to get a little bit of support. And, you know, I would love to see them play in that particular stadium because that's a really fun away game and we play them away next year. So I, I hope we can play there instead of Hillsborough High. But I mean, it's you know, a good opportunity see. also for, you know, um, Seattle and Pacific Northwest Recruiting. Vandal fans and Vandal fans to get down yeah. there too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in Seattle, it's a two-hour drive or train ride. Um, if you're in Bend, it's not far. If you're in Boise, it's a really easy interstate drive. What? Is this all, it's only like five hours, isn't it? Six hours? Um, I don't know. And there's, there's a Vandal bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a Vandal bar, Life of Riley. Yeah. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. I already uh, actually booked my hotel yesterday, so I'm already <laughs> prepped for it. Um, but, yeah, so you guys can find me at the – actually, I'm not going to tell you. There you go. Thing. All right. Hold on. <laughs> so uh, at Times of the Club – yeah, at Tubs of the Club from at Nick Marv Stutz, Nick Stutzman, the winner of this week's tickets. If you could split the Big Sky Conference into divisions, how would you do it? Hashtag Ask TATC. That's really tough. <laughs> but we have news today, which mm-hmm. makes this question, I'm going to take a little bit different turn on your question. Um, and all Vandals is lit on this right now. Um, WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, our former home, has announced their interest in sponsoring an FCS conference. With that, uh, Dixie State, which is in Utah, never heard of it. No. Nope, never heard of it, uh, is looking at sponsoring FCS football. They're currently a D2 school, so they already have the stuff. With that, University of Rio Grande Valley or something like that has also expressed interest in playing for the WAC. New Mexico State has all of their sports but football in the whack, and if they don't find a home in independent, I mean, they, they're doing the right thing, I think, doing the independent route, but you can only be independent for so long. There's a legit possibility that in the next five years, the Western Athletic Conference will be playing football in the FCS. With that, 
doesn't it seem that some teams could get poached from the bloated Big Sky Conference? So if so, what teams do you think might get poached? What teams would you like to see get poached? And then maybe just give me your dream rundown of a Big Sky Conference and a Western Athletic Conference. Well, I would – I think personally, I mean, I don't think we should move out of the Big Sky. Um, oh, I agree. I don't want us to. If the WAC is sponsoring FCS, no. If they were, if it was FBS, I would say maybe something you need to pay attention to. However, the fact that it's well, not FCS, I would rather be Big Sky than WAC. I just remember a couple of years ago when I think was it well, our all of our sports except for football were playing in the WAC. And we played, you know, Grand Canyon University, Chicago, Chicago University, uh, University of Texas, which is interesting because they sponsor football. I think those teams might I have know. to find new conferences. Yeah, and because they're not going to take them, they're going to have teams be football members. Yeah, and, and we have kind of fallen into what we haven't realized this year is a really good situation for Idaho, um, for, for where they're at. So I would love to stay in the big sky. I think it would be very difficult to split it up into two divisions. And I kind of like how we get a chance to play every team within the first two years of just being in the conference. Um, but yeah, I would, I would not want to move to the whack at all for teams that were going to get poached. Yeah. Cause I mean, think about it right now, because of the way it is, we don't play Eastern. We don't play Montana. State right. And that's, and that's another, which are huge detractors from the schedule. The big point is that we have really no the big scheduling games. clearly isn't. The scheduling isn't defined for the big sky, which is kind of frustrating because you want, you know, to kind of know the consistency of what you're going to play. But I think for the teams that would go to the WAC, I would say some directional school like Northern Colorado. Or so so <laughs> I, I made the joke during rivalry on FCS cancellation. This is before the WAC news came out. Obviously, everyone's been talking about the conference needs to be cut down. The coaches are talking about it. I think it's actually going to happen. Some people don't. But I think people want it to happen, and so some of the charter member schools, mm-hmm. like the Montana schools, that actually get to throw their weight around, I've expressed interest that they are not happy with the current situation. So right. um, I made the joke that we should cut all the directional schools. Mm-hmm. So with that, I said Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, I said get rid of the California schools, and Eastern. Well, then, then obviously Eastern is directional. We've got Southern Utah as oh, well. Oh, yeah, and Southern Utah. But I was like, if you if you just stack Idaho, Idaho State, Montana, Montana State, Portland State, Weber, uh, don't get rid of Cal Poly. I want to go there. We'll keep the Cal Poly schools because Sac State, Cal, Cal Poly. Poly I want to go to Cal Poly. Just scrap the, the Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, Eastern Washington. You get down to nine teams. Everybody plays each other all year. But that's not my dream situation because mm-hmm. Eastern has to be in it. Eastern's fun. They're close. That red turf. They're going to get a new stadium any, any day now. They have to. I mean, God, the success they've had for the last decade, it's a shame they don't have a stadium right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way with Joe Alby getting renovated, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Alby gets renovated and they say, hey, we're going to play there for two years and build this freaking sweet Kibby Dome-looking thing. Oh, man. They're not going to build a Kibby Dome. No. But they'll probably build something. They have to. And Lynn Dickey is – a godsend to that school, so she'll she'll take care of business. Okay, but um, I would like to see probably my dream situation would be Weber. So all the charter members: Weber, Idaho, Idaho State, Montana, Montana State. I actually would like to keep Northern Arizona just because they they literally entered the league at the same time Boise State did. Hmm. So I mean, nineteen seventy. So they've practically been there the whole time, and it's a good school too. And I'd like to keep Eastern, and I would like, actually like to add New Mexico State. They, they need it. Yeah, and I have a little bit of caution on them, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we've been through so much with New Mexico State. Yeah. Like, us and the Red Aggies have been kicked out of the WAC. We've been kicked out of the Sun Belt. I think they might have been in the original Big West. Mm-hmm. I had Don't at me if that's wrong, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd like to see them. And then maybe the California schools make sense, the Western Athletic Conference, so UC Davis, Cal Poly. Right. Um, and it'd be nice if the, the school, you know, the initial school that was starting the WAC or trying to bring this back would be like a New Mexico State where we could, you know, kind of. Yeah. And, and like I said, I like to add New Mexico State and let the California schools go. I know your Cal Poly would be gone. Oh, man. But look, keep the, the, fact, the fact that there's a new Western Conference means a lot of out-of-conference scheduling with them mm-hmm. instead of Central Washington, instead of Simon Fraser, 
So, I mean, those would be the teams we would start playing more often. We'd probably play one Missouri Valley, one Western Athletic, and then one fun random team that you want to play, probably mm-hmm. FBS to make some money. So it's only good that we get more teams. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see San Diego, who's currently on scholarship in the Pioneer League, get moved into that. That yeah. way you have four California schools. You have Southern Utah. You have, I mean, I'd like to see maybe like Central. You'd have that Dixie State move up. And then maybe that University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. So that's an easy game for, uh, you know, those teams. But um, anyways, that's it for hashtag STATC. Mm-hmm. But that one was fun. And like I said, we had a lot of scheduling that came out. And originally, I, we've been talking about bloating down the co- or cutting the bloated conference, and then all of a sudden, this whack news comes out today as we record the podcast on Tuesday. So I thought, no, no better way to pick that hashtag STATC to kind of cover a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Brian and Nick gave us the tools to cover a lot of content. So now we're moving on to TJ's should be favorite part of the week. Have you already looked at it in the schedule? I'm flipped onto the page right now. <laughs> so here's my question to you: Did you actually log your picks? So TJ has this terrible thing where he makes his picks when I give him the schedule of picks in front of him, and then he doesn't go on to log them. And this is like Sorry, three Kyler. or four Sorry. weeks, and it's not like Kyler, it's Lawrence that you're, yeah. you're screwing. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm not, I bid for you once, I'm not bidding for you twice. You snooze, you lose. I'm trying to win this thing. Okay. TJ, as you can probably tell, did very well. He went 8-0 last week oh. in the FCS Fantasy Nation pick. There we go. 8-0, and he didn't log his picks. And they were up, so know, it's almost like you, you in theory, went 0-8. Well, yeah, but in the pot. Anyways. In the pot, ain't no. But uh, it's a good week for Tubbs at the club, though, as you look at the other standings. Mm-hmm. Kyler Neal, the FCS Fans Nation co-host, expert, picker of the games himself, went 4-4. Four and four. The myth, the man, the legend, your favorite host for the tribe from the North Brave and Bold, went 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. You and I both beat him. Yeah. So, hey, Kyler. Your Eagles may have won, yeah, you can have that but we one. won in the important part, <laughs> the FCS Fans Nation pick I think we're both behind him in the standings, though. Oh, that's because you don't pick. Yeah, yeah, I've been nervous since. Yeah, you have been nervous. All right, anyways, <laughs> well, it's time to pick this week's round of games. We have number 24, Dartmouth, versus number 18, Princeton. And this is a crying shame. They're both undefeated. How are they 24 and 18? Yeah. Like, I actually put no, both of them in my FCS Fans Nation. No, pick I'm at 7 and 10. No Ivy League love. I know, right? I Like I said, I picked Princeton 7 and Dartmouth 10, I think, in my FCS Fans Nation pool. So um, I'm giving them love. That's for sure. It's a shame these guys have to play so early. I'm thinking Princeton, though. They got that four-star quarterback, man. Yeah. They're going to run away with the Ivy League for four years. I'm going to go Princeton as well. Uh, then we have San Diego versus Drake. Um, USD. I'll take uh, San Diego as well, the home of the Fighting Jim Harbaugh's. Uh, number 23, Maine, versus number 15, Towson. This is a uh, big game there in the mm-hmm. Colonial Athletic Conference. I'm going to take – oh, man, Towson's coming off a loss. I like the Maine Bears. Maine Bears. Uh, I haven't picked yet this week either. No, we got these special uh-oh. from Kyler Okay, because they're not posted yet. So I am going to go against you. Maybe I'll You're gonna take thousand, thousand just so we can't both get eight. No, next week. Yeah, you just really want seven and one. All right, mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky versus Austin P. Uh, Austin, I'll go Eastern Kentucky. Number twenty-one, Sam Houston State versus Incarnate Word. <laughs> Sam Houston. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who goes to a school mm-hmm. called Incarnate Easy. Word? Easy. It sounds like you can't spell or say word. It sounds like they're literally saying I can't say word. Incarnate. Uh, I'm sure there's actually like a super literate meaning to that, and they're all like English majors there, and they're laughing that I don't know what they call you out. Means. Yeah. But I have a very good hunch that no one from Incarnate Word listens to the podcast. With that, I'm taking Sam Houston State, F Incarnate Word. Uh, Illinois State versus Northern Iowa. Big Missouri Valley Conference showdown this Northern week. Iowa. I. That's who I was going to pick, but because you picked them. We're already on. <laughs> I, I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going right. to pick Northern Iowa. Uh, Bucknell versus Lehigh. I'm going Lehigh. I'm going Bucknell. Last week in the big sky, TJ, 3-4. and four. Kyler tied you at 3-4. and four. And then, once again, the Myth Man Legend, your favorite silver and gold podcaster, Chris. Jeez. 
five and two. I had the two oh, my own home. Yeah. Home home home. Home. Well, you <laughs> went eight now, so I'm on there right now. That's better, whether they like it or not. Um, so I'm gonna try to keep the streak. Right, I'm pretty sure I've beaten you all but one week in the Big Sky pickup. Okay. But you've done better than the call FCS the game. Games. All right. All right, all right. <laughs> Number five, Eastern Washington versus Northern Colorado. Eastern. Screw Eastern. I'm picking Northern. I can't say it. Eastern Washington's gonna win. Uh, Sac State versus number four Weber State. Weber. I'm taking Weber as well. Montana versus Southern Utah. Montana. I think Southern Utah doesn't even show up. Montana. Cal Poly versus Montana State. Montana State. I'm taking Montana State. It's gonna snow. You know it's gonna snow. (laughs) (laughs) And then California, they have freaking palm trees. They're already Uh, the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks versus number six UC Davis. Uh, UC Davis. Yeah, I'll take Dan Hawkins and, mm-hmm. and the Aggies. Uh, Idaho State versus Portland State. Portland State's hot. Idaho State slumping. I'm going to go Idaho State. I'm going to go Portland State. It's in Portland. Mm. And I think Idaho State has all the wind out of their sails right now. Um, North Dakota versus Idaho. We already picked. We both went Idaho. Oh, Idaho. TJ, game of the week. Who you watching other than the Idaho Vandals or – Washington State Cougars this week. Yeah. Um, I've, I've learned your parameters that I have to exclude. There you go. Both very good games. <laughs> you have not picked in like three weeks. Nope. Um, but I think I just love, you know, picking kind of a big sky game to focus on. And that Idaho State, Portland State, since we play both of them next year, kind of see how they battle each other and what we're going to, you know, we've already faced them, but see what we're going to play next year. Yeah, I, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I already kind of hinted at mine, obviously. Uh, I'm going Dartmouth-Princeton. Um, I want to see some Ivy League showdown. We don't get to see them in the playoffs, so this is pretty much, in a way, the Ivy League Conference Championship. Nice. Um, they're definitely the best two teams in the league this year, so I'll go Dartmouth versus Princeton. All right, TJ, closing the bar. Time for your shameless plugs. What do you got going on this week? I see you have Google up, so yeah. this should be interesting. I know. It's pretty cool. Uh, first of all, what do you got? thanks for announcing my phone issues. Um, I'll have that fixed shortly. Uh, by the time the pod's out. Yeah, um, but thanks for announcing that. Also, um, really cool fact that I think everyone should know about, but Whitworth University. I've heard about this. Good yes. one. Yes. yes. Listen up. Um, has, uh, uh, no, D, is that D2, D3? They're D3. Yeah. And um, they're doing really good, too. The Pirates. a quarterback with the name of Leith Erickson. Yep. Now, if you're showing up, if you're scouting, you know, a, a team, and you see a quarterback has Leif Erickson as their quarterback, I think I want a linebacker safety. With no Leif Erickson, way. You know he's guiding that ship <laughs> all the way to Ballard. He'll he'll be coming up with every single time. So hopefully, you know, I I get to see some Leif Erickson highlights. I, I know Whitworth is a small school, mm-hmm. but do you think there's got to be alumni out here? Do they host their watch parties at the Leif Erickson watch? Obviously, I don't know. Whitworth is considered one of the the blues bunch. There, it's uh, us, Whitworth Eastern, and Wazoo. So uh, there are people like the Spokesman Review that only cover Palouse teams. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to root for Whitworth. They struggle same things us and the Cougs in Eastern do with recruiting to a big, rolling, fertile farmland that nobody appreciates except the people that go there. there. Yeah. Um. Anyways, my my shameless plug was I got to meet the FCS Fans Nation three out of the four hour five admins. Mm-hmm. Um. Kelsey Hatchbarek, Lawrence Smith, and obviously Kyler Neal. Good to meet you guys. We got a lot of talking in, which was awesome. And, uh, you know, they, they're weekly listeners. So they said, we do, we do a good job. I hope you guys think we do a good job. <laughs> We're getting uh, better. <laughs> I know we pump up their show a bunch, but, uh, you know, they do a lot for us too. Yeah. Um, which is great. And it was really nice to meet them. And out of that, I think I may have scheduled a trip to Harrisonburg, Virginia next Oh my year. goodness. I'm going to go to Bridgeforth and watch JMU. Kyler and I are going to go visit Lawrence. Wow. And uh, I told him to tell me what game he's going for, and uh, we'll see. Although Lawrence did like the Palouse so much, he did tell Kelsey he was looking at moving. Oh. So we may have a new Palouse resident all the way from Harrisonburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. He was that in new- amazed by the Spokane and Cheney area. Welcome to the, that. the Inland Northwest. So when he moves out here in you know the coming months – and we take him to the Idaho Idaho State game next year. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be moving to Pullman or Moscow for sure. Yeah. If you like Cheney and Spokane, yeah. 
Wait till you see God's country, my oh, man. Mm-hmm. So Lawrence, at me. We'll, we'll get you tickets next time you're out here. Um, you can be my guest. There you we'll, go. We'll, we can get you sideline tickets too. That's not just a Kyler and Kelsey thing. There you go. Anyways, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Uh, basketball, football, schedule talk. Girls are going to play for a chance in the NCAA. Yeah. The women's volleyball team is killing it. It's been a good week for everything but the Eastern Washington game. Mm-hmm. We've got a really good shot to take it to North Dakota this week. And then it's LBS week next week, man. Little Brown sign. Let's go. Anyways, thank you again for everyone that plugs in and listens to us from 62, well, recently 90 minutes a week. We really do appreciate it. We will see you guys next week, November 8th, for Montana. Hopefully we'll have some guys from the Montana Mint or the Grizz Fan Podcast on. Maybe a little Bear Tycoon. Maybe we'll have Nate on just to talk crap on the Grizz. We don't know. You'll have to tune in to see it. But it is time now for the best band in all the land, Sound of Idaho. Play us out. Go Vans. Go Vans.